You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. Before I dive into today's episode, did you know it's the podcast's one-year anniversary? To celebrate, I've announced the winners from the first-ever Best of Preppy Preppy Podcast Awards from 2021. Check out thepreppypodcast.com and social media at the Preppy Podcast for the full list of winners. Thank you to everyone who voted. It was a way to celebrate so many small, amazing businesses during the most challenging year that they've had yet. So thank you and continue to celebrate and support them. In celebration of the podcast one-year anniversary, I also have a bunch of amazing new products, merchandise, and collabs launching this month. So definitely stay tuned for that and be sure to check out on social media and the website as always as that'll be the first place that I post them. So you guys know that I love interior design, so I'm thrilled to be talking today with Jody of J. Wilkinson Chair Company. They combine two of my favorite things, monograms and furniture. Learn how finding the perfect gift led to creating these heirloom quality chairs. All right, so why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you live, and just a brief description about what you do. Uh, my name is Jody Chafee. I live in Greenville, North Carolina, which is sort of halfway between Raleigh and the beach. And I am the founder and CEO of J. Wilkinson Chair Company, which is a custom monogram chair company that we launched in September of 2019. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you guys were that new. I I was um, saying I stumbled upon you guys through Instagram, and I just love your beautiful chairs, but I didn't realize that it was somewhat of a new project. That's super exciting. Thank you. We are we are taping, taking baby steps for sure. <laughs> Definitely. So now, have you always had an interest in design and entrepreneurship, or kind of talk to me a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up, and maybe if there were hints of you know, a design interest or an entrepreneurship interest, or, you know, maybe there might be somewhere where that came from. Yeah, I, I think I always have. I, I came about design almost through the back door of the business side of design. I am, um, when I started my career um, at Max Factor, I was in their project engineering section, and they were designing um, production lines for putting hot wax in a tube and calling it lipstick, which was really interesting. Um, I worked for a studio where we did production of a different nature, which was production for ballets with props and scenery and costumes, so a different kind of design. So all interesting. Um, But I think it goes back to when I was, was little. I used to love to, this sounds crazy. I used to love to iron. My mother taught me how to iron. And I oh would—I started out, I started out with her linens, her old linens that had these gorgeous designs on them, um, monograms and gorgeous handwork. And I think that may be where it started, to be perfectly honest. And then in terms of entrepreneurship, I've always loved trying to take a new idea and making it work. 
or making an idea, an existing idea work a little bit better and more efficiently. Mm -hmm. I just think I have kind of that startup mentality. Yeah, definitely. um, I think that's so funny that you'd love to iron though. (laughs) I know. And I still do. I know that is just crazy, but I find it relaxing. Other people uh, find themselves wanting to throw the iron out the window, but (laughs) it's just one of those crazy things that, you know, some people do different things to relax. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. So now where and what did you study then um, if you went to college? Uh, I did. I went to, I grew, I was born and spent the first 10, 10 years of my life in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I don't know if you're familiar. It's a college yeah. town, UNC. I'm a Tar Hill mm-hmm. and oh. um, lived there, went to Greensboro um, for sort of high school in those years and then ended up going back to Chapel Hill for school. And of all things, I was a Russian history major, which oh my is gosh. Kind of crazy. With the idea that I would go to law school, uh, took my LSATs, got my scores back, and realized I was not going to be a lawyer. And my <laughs> boyfriend at the time, who turned out to be my husband, my wonderful husband, uh, mm-hmm. said, you know, you might want to consider adding something to your major where you might actually be able to get a job. So he talked me into double majoring in economic geography, which is as far apart from Russian history as you can imagine. So I did a little bit more statistics and quantitative analysis, which is not my thing, I'll be honest, but it was important to know. So um, that's, and then I ended up sort of going in a totally different direction. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. Um, And it's funny, I've actually had a good bit of people here on the podcast who thought they were going to study law and then ended up not. So um, it must be a certain personality type, I feel like, for entrepreneurs or something. But <laughs> So now let's talk about your first career a little bit. You talked, um, you mentioned it a little bit, but tell me a little bit more about that, at working with this company developing lipsticks and then working on right. the props for these ballets, which I – I was a dancer growing up and I love going oh, to watch okay. ballet. So I find that so interesting, the props, especially the nutcracker, like the tree that grows. Um, talk to exactly. me about your first career. Well, it um, basically was Max Factor, which was located um, near Henderson, North Carolina. And they they relocated from the West Coast, Hollywood, Max Factor. I don't know if you're familiar with the name, you know, an early mm-hmm. makeup. Um, product line, and so they developed this new gorgeous state-of-the-art plant on the East Coast, and I was lucky to go there six months after they opened. So with any startup, it was a little chaotic, everybody Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what they needed to be doing, and so as it turned out, my boss was fired almost immediately after I got there, and so people didn't really know what to do with me. So I just started, you know, doing things and they hadn't really ever come up with a report to determine where people were in their projects to create these production lines. So I did sort of efficiency type reports because I found it fascinating, you know, what you had to do to get from point A to point B mm-hmm. in terms of the production of the lipstick. So um, I loved it. And, um, and from there we moved, started having children and, you know, I would say really my career was raising children because that was, my family was my passion. They were my, they were, they were my first 
and most what I think most important um, job. And so when my children were little, I tended to do work that fit into their schedule so I could make the basketball games and the baseball games and the gymnastics practices and the ballet, the parent observations in ballet. So I ended up working as a business manager where our girls, we have um, two daughters and a son, took uh-huh. dance. And this was a very, very um, forward-thinking um, dance studio. They did this phenomenal production of The Nutcracker, uh, which, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I had a whole new appreciation for it, what it takes to get that tree to grow in The Nutcracker. And yeah. the costumes and these women who were behind, you know, you know, the scenes creating these gorgeous tutus and learning that Mm -hmm. a string hanging from a tutu on a stage that's lighted is so obvious that you have to attend to every detail. And I think that's where I fell in love with details and how much of an impact details can make. And I think that translates into the monograms that we do on our chairs. Oh, very interesting. So now, speaking of that, then, where did the idea for your chairs come from? Uh, It came from Christmas gifts to our two daughters and daughter-in-law. One Christmas, I think it was 2014, we had some family chairs that were old and had the old, you know, burgundy needlepoint fabric on them. And I said, you know, I'm going to refinish these because I love wood. I love refinishing and doing all that type and have done a lot of that in our pieces at our home. So I took three chairs, stripped them down, took off the fabric, put on a nice neutral fabric, and had these large monograms done for each chair. Each chair was different, um, and each monogram was a little bit different. So I did that not knowing if they were going to like them. I felt two of the three would like them. Uh, (laughs) Our older daughter and daughter-in-law, I felt, would love them. Our younger daughter, who at the time was totally done with monograms. She Mm -hmm. just, it wasn't her thing. So as it turns out on Christmas morning, she loved the chairs as much, if not more than the other two. And so then a couple of years later, I did a new version of chairs for our three granddaughters at the time with their monograms on them. And friends and family would say, you know what, you should do this as a business. I said, I can't do that as a business. I'm too old to do this. Well, it sort of stuck in my brain that I really did love these monograms and and taking names. You know, you think about it, your name is one of the things that's so special to you. It's always yours. And so I said, okay, uh, I'm going to get started. I thought about it for about a year. I worried people talking about it for about a year. Um, (laughs) People were so supportive. And I said, you know what? Sometimes you just got to get started. And if you run into a roadblock that you can't get over, under, or around, then you know, you know, this idea doesn't have legs. So I'm going to start until I get stopped. And I just okay. kept going. Wow. So and now the first ones, the first prototypes then, I guess, you had done them all yourself sort of, right? Right. Um, had sort of put the parts together. I did the refinishing them. But I, you know, I reached out to a monogrammer in Raleigh who I had done work with before. And so just sort of put all the parts together. That's awesome. So and now you have it's it's a full company now at this point. So how would you describe it to someone who isn't familiar? Um, How would you describe your chairs? 
um, as customized monogram, custom monogram chairs with an emphasis on the custom part of it, because literally every aspect of our chairs are custom. Mm -hmm. We have um, different style chairs. We actually have four styles of chairs, side and an armchair in each one. And then we also offer a bar stool and a counter stool. So you pick out your style of chair and then you can determine your finishes. We have eight finishes. You determine your fabric, your thread color, your monogram, and obviously your initials. And what I think is one of the neat things about our business is that on our website, I encourage your le- your uh, listeners to go to our website, which mm-hmm. is jwilkinson.com. We have a very interactive feature where, you know, um, people can go in and literally design and build their chair and immediately see what their monogram looks like on a specific chair with a specific color yeah. fabric. And it's really I've fun. I've done that and it's fun. You, yeah. <laughs> it is fun. And what you realize is that not every set of initials looks good in every monogram. And for mm-hmm. those of us who have a J or an I or an F in their names, it's it can be a little bit more of a challenge, but we'd like to think we have a monogram that accommodates anyone's initials. Definitely. And mine's hard too, because it's my initials are PMM. So it's the double M's, yeah. which, you know, <laughs> is hard sometimes, but exactly. I love that. And well, so can and- people um, like have custom fabric too? Like if they wanted, could they do like send you fabric if they wanted a specific fabric Absolutely. that might not be on your site? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Because Very we cool. have, um, we have 22 fabrics on our website, but we have the ability to do many, many more colors than is okay. available on the website. You know, in some cases the websites can be a little limiting when you have a customization feature like we do. But mm-hmm. uh, lots of options on color, even colors of thread. You know, I think we have 24 available on our website, but our monogrammer has 440 different thread colors. And oh yes, we do we do welcome and love working with um, COMs. We do have to be particularly careful about fabric. We always ask someone to send us a sample first just to make sure that that particular fabric uh, can, you know, can generate a successful monogram and mm-hmm. then be upholstered because um, you've got to have a little give in that fabric to be able to pull it taut enough. Our upholsters are incredible in the strength that they use to pull these monograms tight so that oh, it, wow. that they're flawless. It's yeah, been a really that's... interesting learning process. <laughs> and I think that's so funny that you have no background in, you know, interior design or, um, you know, production in that yeah. sense, because it's a, it's such a, a specific, um, you know, category in business right. because people actually use them. It's not like, you know, I know with the ballet, of course, it's pretty, but it's not like people are sitting on everything. It's going to wear and tear. So you, you definitely, right. I'm sure it was a learning experience. <laughs> it was. And I had the benefit of working with incredible people who helped me. You know, it's amazing when you're starting out how helpful people are mm-hmm. in terms of the contract manufacturer happens to be a female owned business. Oh, Didn't wow. go looking for that, but love the fact that she was willing to help me. And yeah. when I finally, I did spend quite a bit of time finding a monogrammer who could create the quality and the consistency that we needed. 
uh, mm-hmm. and Joanne is incredible because that's one of the things that you know you learn is the nuances involved with uh, a monogram. You know, the interplays. It's kind. Of, you talk about dance. It kind of reminds me the letters. You know, you have that interplay. They're almost lyrical, as you yeah. have in dance, and that my monogram and I literally spend at probably a half an hour on each monogram. Okay. We spend so, quite a bit of time, excuse me. Go ahead, finish it. Just a lot of time on each monogram. She will create it based on the customer's um, specifications. Then we have it digitized. And then she and I literally will play around. We might move the letter on the right an eighth of an inch to the right or whatever, you've got to get that interplay just right because yeah. the visual center is not necessarily the mathematical center of a monogram. And that comes mm-hmm. into play when you actually upholster that monogram on the chair. Oh, I'm sure. So now, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the steps to getting started, but you had to, was it trial and error, like finding the right monogram person, finding the right manufacturer for the chairs, finding the right upholster, or, and you kind of mentioned too, you know, people are willing to help you when you start out. Was it just, you know, getting a lot of referrals and asking, or how did you get your team sort of um, set up? Um, Our first sort of big um, hurdle to get over was to find you know, a contract manufacturer who could help us identify the frames we wanted to use, who could identify potential finishers, because in many ways, that is a that is a vocation that is going away because people aren't getting into finishing furniture like they did. And I hope it comes back because these people are artists, you know, to be able to yeah. do that consistently. I mean, and our refinishers are incredible because they can take what I would like for them to do. Somehow they figure out what my brain is trying to describe to them and they do it. Um, The same goes with the upholsterer. I mean, to be able to upholster these chairs so that they look right is incredibly hard. And then of course, really the hardest part was identifying the monogram, right? I think I went through five or six different monogrammers, all wonderful people who were working very hard to make it work. But for whatever reasons, we it, we couldn't make it work until um, I, I found Joanne Roth. And okay. she's not only a great monogrammer, she's now a great friend. Oh, I love that. Isn't that fun when that happens? It really is. And actually, every every one of our vendors now are great friends. Our fabric reps. Um, our, you know, our finishers, our shipping people, you know, shipping is a big issue, um, these days, especially. And so it really is a team and getting everybody to sort of come together. To me, that is the fun part, knowing that there are going to be issues and problems along the way. I just, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm lucky enough to work with people who, who say, let's figure this out. And they do. Definitely. So now talk to me a little bit about your design process then. Um, Like how did you settle on the style of chairs that you offer and um, what was sort of the inspiration? What were you going for in terms of a look? A look we wanted classic, but Mm -hmm. um, yet the ability to be modern because, you know, you Mm -hmm. think, I think in some ways 
monograms are deemed to be a Southern feature. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, you can tell I'm a Southerner probably by my accent, <laughs> but I wanted this to be something that could be more universal, if you will. In other words, yeah. I wanted a monogram to go on a chair that, you know, would be shipped to someone uh, in Boston in an urban loft. I wanted it to be as comfortable okay. in an urban loft as it was in a, in a classic dining room. So we okay. identified four chair styles. Um, two are quite ornate and two, and, and two are more minimalist. So, and that was really just a matter of looking until we, we found things that we just liked ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And so we did that. And then you start looking at fabric and there's a gazillion styles of fabric. Okay. And, and one of the things we knew we wanted, we wanted to have um, velvets and linens uh, with performance features just because, you know, we just felt like that was important because you, if you were going to invest in a chair with a monogram on it, the fabric had to be able to hold up. It had to be able mm-hmm. to uh, withstand whatever came. And one of the things that we did learn a great uh, suggestion from our monogrammer is that when we ship out chairs to our customers, we always include an extra piece of fabric to replace a seat cushion because we know life oh. happens. And yeah, so that way, so if nice. You know, something happens, you don't plan on it, but if it does, you can have the seat recovered and not lose the monogram on the back of the seat. So uh, we do that. So we we worked with people and and sort of curated uh, colors and textures uh, from an appearance standpoint, but also from a function standpoint. And um, so, and then, then it was a matter of, identifying different styles of monograms. We have 12 monograms that people can choose from. Um, But we also are more than willing to work with people's personal monograms, much like a bride and groom create their custom wedding monogram. We can take that their information and put it on the back of a chair. And we love doing that, that, you know, with the idea that perhaps they put it on a chair that they sit in at their reception. And then that becomes their first sort of communal piece of furniture or pieces of furniture when they go into their first home together. Oh, that's so special. I love that. Now, where, where do you find inspiration or who inspires you? Obviously, you know, this was started as a gift for your own children and daughter-in-law, but you know, where, who inspires you maybe in terms of business or style? Um, Just where do you get inspiration from? Um, I will have to say in terms of initial inspiration, it comes from family. We we always sort of said from the beginning, you know, it was inspired by the love of family created to celebrate it because this may sound kind of crazy, but when I was going through this process and creating these chairs for my girls and my granddaughters, you know, I would look at them in these chairs and they seemed to love them. And I, and I realized this sounds morbid, but it's really not. It was kind of joyful is that I probably would not be there when some of my grandchildren got married. And the thought mm. that this, this chair with their monogram might be there was very comforting to me and reassuring. And I was thinking, you know, to basically honor family and the the time we spent name, spend naming our children and getting just the right name, hoping their name really does fit their personality and honor the people that they're named for, 
that was really the inspiration in terms of doing these chairs. I love that. I love that you guys are close. And I love that idea of, you know, the names to a special, you said that at the beginning. And I agree. I mean, I'm named after my mom and my grandmother. So I get yeah. that there's a lot of pride in my name um, that yeah. comes with that. So I, I love I think, that little. Yeah. And a monogram, bit I of think a legacy. Just, yeah, a monogram is an extension of your name. It's a very mm-hmm. physical, um, you know, extension of your name that you can touch and feel and, and enjoy. And just right now around my house, I have, we have lots of prototypes and demos. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we initially uh, we put our children's monograms on chairs to be photographed when we just starting out. And I look at their monograms and I think about them and Aww. it's just a nice memory. Yep. Definitely. So now, how have you been spreading the word and marketing your business? How have you been getting the word out? Um, Instagram is definitely the way we have chosen to proceed. We um, we started out with zero, zero followers. And fortunately, our daughter, older daughter, Ann Crawford, expressed an interest in being involved in the business. And she's doing our social media and marketing and we literally started from zero when we figured you just do it bit by bit. She, mm-hmm. um, she helps tremendously in, in creating the look that we want for people to see on Instagram. But one of the things, I make lots of trips back and forth to High Point from Greenville, usually yeah. about once a week or once every two weeks. And I would always listen to the podcast, How I Built This. And every day, yes. every every podcast I would listen, it seemed to be speaking to me what I needed to hear that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that they said consistently is that word of mouth is your best form of advertising. So we just started yeah. talking to everybody because you never know who you're talking to. And that opened a lot of doors. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, one of the things we joked about Early on, I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a gorgeous chair with Reese monograms, you know, monogram on it. And we're going to put it in the car and we're going to drive to Nashville. We had the daughter who lived in Nashville at the time, Nashville, Tennessee, and just take it to Draper James and say, here, would you put this in your store? We haven't done it, but we may still. But um, so, you know, just reaching out to people and just because we've been so overwhelmed at how how responsive people are to our chairs. We just, Mm -hmm. it's been more than we could ever hope for. And I'm just very grateful for those people who do like our chairs and follow us. Yeah. That I love that. And, you know, it's kind of like, you just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks and try a little bit of everything and make connections and really just get out there and hustle. It really is. And we've been fortunate enough to be, um, we were featured in the movers and shakers um, section of traditional home back in the summer of 2020, uh, which was huge for us. That was a connection made through our monogrammer, Joanne Roth. And so, I mean, in the first year we went business and we were just, again, we were pretty much overwhelmed to be included. And has since been included in Victoria Magazine in terms of, you know, you know, one of the seven um, up and coming businesswomen 
for mm-hmm. their magazine, which I have to chuckle at because you look at the picture of the seven of, of us in the magazine and you can tell who's the oldest one because I did start this business when I was 65. So okay. I love that though. Well, you know what? Why not? Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's so cool. So what's been your biggest challenge, would you say, thus far? Um, I would say the biggest challenge has been, for me personally within the business, has been the technology side of it, creating the website, um, challenge in the sense that I had so much to learn. A lot of that because of my age. You know, thank gosh I have an eight-year-old and 12-year-old granddaughter who can answer my questions. Um, but doing that, just sort of the massive of thinking of what you need before you need it, which is sometimes mm-hmm. very difficult. In other words, there are things that I would have done differently if I had known then what I know now. It's anticipating what you need um, down the road, but doing it before mm-hmm. you need to do it. For sure. And I mean, even website and technology overwhelms me too. So I, I don't think it's an age <laughs> thing. I think, you know, you either have that brain or you don't. And I my, will make fun of me because I'm always going to him with like tech questions. <laughs> exactly. It's just, we just mm-hmm. all know that if it's not our passion, that we find people whose passion it is and Definitely. get to know them well. So it's, uh, but yeah, and uh, and there's so much of it. I think Sometimes even, you know, the youngest and most proficient, you know, they get overwhelmed because there's so much you have to do and learn and change every day to keep up with. Oh, yeah. It's constantly changing. Yep. That's the hard part with it. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm sure, you know, some of your greatest success has been being featured in those magazines and I'm sure also just the family aspect of your business. But what what else would you say are some of your greatest successes that you've had with this business so far or something that you're most proud of? A um, couple of things. One, we um, we have developed a relationship with Kara Fox with the Fox Group um, out in Salt Lake City, whose aesthetic we just love. And they are now um, have included us on their website, um, their online store through the Fox Shop and have are putting you know, our chair and their retail space. So that's, that's huge for us. And we're so excited about that just because I love their aesthetic, but I also love their values. And, you know, they seem to have that kind of same, you know, dedication to family Mm -hmm. that I really admire and and sort of making that a a front burner thing for them. And, you know, is is that we have, you know, people who are starting to reorder again, who are coming back to us, including someone whose order we actually had to go back and correct. And I said, oh, she'll never order from us again. (laughs) And lo and behold, she came back and ordered a fourth chair from us. So that was amazing. But, and I think one of them, this may sound like a small thing, but it's, it's really sort of huge in our minds. One of the first designers who paid us any attention at market. Uh, we launched in September of 2019 and went to the High Point Furniture Market that fall in mm-hmm. October. So we were really young and inexperienced. We had a designer come up to us and she was very kind and helpful and ended up doing some business with them in the months that followed. And we were talking about um, 
pricing and that type of thing. And she said, Jody, one of the things I think you need to know about your chairs, she said, they're more than just a piece of furniture. They're a piece of artwork. And that was about the highest compliment I think that we could get. And I really appreciated her looking at it that way. And um, so it was really very confirming, I will have to say, when she she described it that way. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So now, um, who is someone that you hope to have one of your chairs in their home, like a royal or a celebrity? I mean, is it Reese Witherspoon? Uh, (laughs) Well, I think that would be fun because I think she's precious. Um, You know, I think this is be a, it's going to be a little bit posthumous, but I would love because it's it would have to be in the past. I would love to have put a chair in the home of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She is a personal hero of mine. I just I loved um, who she was and what she mm-hmm. did and how she lived her life. As a matter of fact, after the day after she died, we did a post with a our Alexander armchair, which is probably our most delicate chair Uh um, because I thought Ruth Bader Ginsburg was this diminutive powerhouse. But we designed a gold chair with black velvet and an off-white monogram. The gold sort of standing for the fact that I think she is the gold standard when it comes to being a human being and the black to represent her judicial robes and her white, uh, the white in her monogram for her white collars that she always used to wear. And, you know, I just, that would have been such a privilege to be able to create yeah. a chair for her. I love that answer because no one's given me that answer before. <laughs> I get a lot of Kate Middleton and Reese Witherspoon. And so yeah. it's always fun to see who other people, um, yeah. you know, yeah. wish now, that they I would could. love to, for Reese Witherspoon to have one too. So, you know, just, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Ruth Bader-Ginsburg so, comes to mind. For sure. So now since this is the Preppy Podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to them? So tell me what you think Preppy is to you. To me, it's a it's it's almost a lifestyle. It's crisp, it's clean, it's timeless. Uh, I think you know who you are when you sort of have that um that feel and look about you. And it's fun. It's just mm-hmm. fun and you know. I think it just is light and airy. Yeah. So for my final questions, um, they're kind of more fun, get to know you, a little short okay. answer questions. Yeah. But what is your go-to drink order? It could be, you know, how you take your coffee or tea, or it could be your cocktail or wine that you're like, what, what would you say one of your go-to drink orders? Oh, I would, ha- if somebody else is making it for me, it would have to be an old fashioned. Uh, okay, that's I, a good one. I, yeah, I do adore an old fashioned, and, and our kids, all three of our kids, have learned to make them really well. Uh, oh. If it's up to me, I love a glass of Jacqueline Leon sparkling wine. It's a rose that just is perfect. Oh, that sounds so good, especially with spring right now, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, what are some of your favorite design accounts to follow on Instagram? Are there um, any interior designers or just, you know, maybe influencers or people with gorgeous homes? Who are some of your like one or two or three accounts you love to follow? Well, I love your account, obviously. <laughs> you just have such a, 
again, a fun, clean, crisp look of confidence. And I really love that. We love the fox. Oh, I appreciate fruit, that. Obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And I love, there's a new, what I would call up and coming designer out of Charleston. It's Leah Burton and she's Leah Honors Interiors. Um, oh. It's interesting. She, she started out um, a little bit earlier than we did. And I just think she does some great things. I think that she has a gorgeous um, point of view, and I think we'll be hearing more about her. I love Amy Studebaker. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she does phenomenal things. And um, yeah, yeah. So there's just so many things. out there. There's so <laughs> many out there, and it's just—I mean—you can find anything you want to find, but you know, and it's, just, I just, I love everybody's point of view. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just really interesting to see how people take a room and do it so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Now, what's one thing you can't wait to do this spring or summer, something you're looking forward to? Um, that would probably be zip lining with two of our granddaughters. That oh, was wow. part of their Christmas gift is to take them to the mountains and go zip lining. So we'll hopefully be able to do that in June and then generally just swimming with our other two uh, grandchildren. That's so um, fun. Have you been so zip lining before? Never. <laughs> and so I have made. Oh uh, a number of phone calls to the place where we're going and saying, are you sure we can do that? Uh, and they say, <laughs> oh, you'll have no problems whatsoever. So I've got my fingers crossed, but I think it'll be fun. I really do. It'll have you be done fun. that? We have. We've done it um, one time at the homestead in, um, oh, fun. in Virginia. Yeah, yes, it and is. it was fun. It, it's scary coming down, but it's fun, like oh. the actual zip lining part. <laughs> Exactly. Have you got any advice? <laughs> um, you know, just uh, listen to your guide, I guess, on how to get down. Yeah. I just remember that being like the confusing part. <laughs> gotcha. I'll, I'll t- make special note of that. Yeah. So now what's next for you guys? Is there any sneak peeks that you can give us? Maybe a new style of chair, new fabric, new monogram, or something that people can look forward to from you? Actually, there is, and we're hoping, you know, fingers crossed that we'll be launching this Mm. in the summer, is a children's chair um, that where we can do monogram children's chair that, you know, maybe for every mother and grandmother and aunt and godparent wants to, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, honor their new babies in their life. And we would love to be able to do chairs with a new baby's monogram, you know, the first thing they get monogrammed. So, uh, and then obviously something that they can be photographed in and play in. And then, uh, you know, as they grow up, it's a, it's a keepsake that they put in their bedroom down the road or, you know, share with their own children, you know, when the time comes. Yeah. We just, we, we love the idea of doing a children's chair. So that's, that's on the horizon. Awesome. Um, now, my final question is, where can people find you? Let them know, you know, your website address, your social media handle, wherever they can shop and follow along with you. 
Okay, thank you. Thank you for asking. We can be found, uh, our website is jwilkinsonchair.com. That's W-I-L-K-I-N-S-O-N, chair.com. Mm-hmm. Um, at Instagram, we are at jwilkinsonchair. And I can be reached by phone. I love to talk to people on the phone. Uh, (laughs) I can be reached at my business phone, which is 252-258-9606. Because sometimes you just got to talk through the process. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Jody. I loved learning about you and your business. And um, I definitely need to find a, a spot in my home for one of your chairs soon. Well, we would love to work with you on that. And thank you so much for the opportunity. I really do appreciate it very, very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 